Welcome to the Confidence Mastery Unlock Your Life podcast. Covering the most essential areas of personal development for ultimate success. Your health, wealth and happiness. Your host, Natalie Bailey, the confident entrepreneur. Natalie is a confidence coach, property developer and bright red-haired fitness fanatic who is going to take you on a journey to confidently create a more inclusive, more successful and fulfilled life. Get listening, take action and unleash your inner confidence. Thank you very much for joining me, Jay. Thanks for having me. So this is the Confidence Mastery Unlock Your Life podcast with Natalie Arabella Bailey. And today we are, so what are we going to be talking about? Women, business and sex. <laughs> so for people that don't know you, um, from my audience, you want to give them a little bit of background info on you and what you do, because you're in property too, and you're a woman, yeah, sure. you're a business, <laughs> and you also like sex. I do. <laughs> it's almost like we planned it. Woo! <laughs> right. So, hi everyone. Um, I'm Joe Lightfoot, um, and I do lots of different things. I wear quite a few different hats. Uh, the first hat is property investor. I also teach property professionally, um, right up to diploma level. And I am a public speaker. I am a podcaster. Uh, Natalie's been on my podcast, which I host with two stinky boys called Matt and Niall. And it's called Property Jam. And it's all about the human side of property, like the real, I can swear, right? Real shit. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, And I'm also a performance coach. So my whole thing um, is about people embracing who they are. And I use a framework of a rainbow. So I get people to perform all they are in every aspect of their life, whether it's relationships, whether it's business, whether it's their, um, you know, professional working life. Um, And I give people confidence and I use the the framework of a rainbow to get people to accept all of their colours, dark and light, and then perform them and shine them to their absolute best in every aspect of them. And that's part of why I I wanted to bring you on because there's a lot of similarities between us. And I think it's really important for people to understand and accept their flaws and their darkness and their demons because your demons, and this came from, um, I was on a a live with Alfie Best earlier in in a private group and he said, your demons will either drive you I wrote it down. They will either drive you or demonize you, basically. Yeah, I agree. So I think it's important to think about what your demons are and whether you use it to push you forward or if you're going to let that hold you back. So I like your rainbow um, also because I used to have rainbow colour hair. Why does that not surprise me? <laughs> Literally, I had a full rainbow. I can well imagine this. <laughs> and it went, um, because it, it went, um, the maintenance was absolutely ridiculous. So it was like going from stickles to refreshers. So anyway, the red is better. So that's, that's good. How long, have been, how long have you been in property? 
oh god since 2015 um and literally had never bought a property in my life before that so it was green as grass you know I had to google the word conveyancing when I started because I didn't even know what it was like I just, honestly I was like I'd never even bought my own place so I kind of came at it completely and utterly like naive and what a steep learning curve it was um but I think what it did was when I got into property and I was in the nine to five job model up until that point working in the university sector after that it just opened up all of this possibility which you know is has kind of led me to be much more well to enter into the entrepreneurial space and which is where I find myself now and I it suits me you know it suits me so I would never have a podcast I would never be a performance coach I would never um well, we met through a mastermind, didn't we? I would have never been part of that business mastermind had I not entered into property. So it's been incredible. I feel the same thing. It's like finding the, the like-minded people who want something different from life and the ones who actually put the effort in are the ones you really want to connect with, the ones that are actually doing things. Like you say, you had to look up the word conveyancing. I've never bought a property. The first property I'm buying is 20,000 20, square foot building. As you do standards right (laughs) obviously your podcast is with two other guys right do you find that they are treated differently to you as a woman yeah (laughs) um okay so in the context context of podcasting in that arena I would say it's pretty equal because our personality types are so different therefore we I think we engage with people equally in our own unique way so within that space I I don't feel like there's any sort of gender difference but when it comes to property um wow (laughs) yeah (laughs) I never forget I had this estate agent once I was going to view a property and I told him my name was Joe and obviously he'd connect he just assumed I was a guy right Uh so when I showed yeah like he so you could see so I'm five foot two you know I'm small so um you know and when I turn up at a, a a property I look smart but I you know I just look sometimes I've got a baseball cap on and I just look like a child sometimes right so I rocked I'm up five foot three, I gave. are you in my head you're way taller than that <laughs> oh my god you're a bit impersonal. okay that's so funny okay so we wear like heels like that though so yeah, so I, yeah, I've got all my trainers have a wedge <laughs> just to kind of like pop me up a little. So um, yeah, so I rock up, and this guy says to me, "Oh, you're a girl, Joe." And I was like, "Uh huh." And he's like, "Oh, I didn't realize." I was like, "Does it matter?" And he's like, "No, no, no, no. I just, I just wasn't expecting it." And then, but the rest of the viewing proceeded to treat me like like I needed cotton wool wrapped around me so things like oh you don't want to go into the loft because it's a bit dirty and I wouldn't go down into the basement because you're probably going to see things that you know it's a bit creepy and I'm like okay serious what (laughs) and I think I've just in the main I feel like the way that you're received as a property investor as a woman is different to the way guys are received and there is a little bit of judgment um yeah and I normally feel it on the front end it's normally the estate agents back end conveyancing um you know mortgage brokers um you know the the, the accounting side of things it's it's yeah, no big deal it's fine yeah it's We've the front end thing so my my mum does 
like most of the stuff for our development um because everything I do is online she's in the UK so that makes sense she does what she enjoys I do what I enjoy and we've had similar things like where we've gone to view property and I've been up in the roof climbing around I don't mind getting my hands dirty like why what, what does it matter if you're a man or a woman do you know my biggest bugbear so when me and my ex used to walk around properties together either the vendor if they were there or the estate agent if I asked a question they'd answer my husband and I'm like hello uh, it was me that asked it <laughs> that was the question or, or they'd sort of so and I think a lot of it I mean I'll, I'll defend them a little bit because I think a lot of it is just in, it's inherent you can see it wasn't deliberate but it was there nonetheless and so you know you'd find yourself sort of just trying to angle the conversation or the eye contact back to you but it was a repeated thing especially you know with your more say you're buying off a landlord like your more old school landlord who would just always channel their attention towards the man you know of the viewing partnership and so yeah I've, I've come across that a lot and I think it's yeah like I said it's the front end it's the it's the viewings and it's the estate agency side there's just heaps of assumptions just because you're a woman so what do, yeah. what do you think we should do or could we do to change that I don't know I think just keep doing what we do um there's a an amazing developer uh called Ruth Hobbs who runs the property sisters right um and she's like urban sisters development and she had this sexist guy uh basically say to her oh right you know so um you're looking to do this commercial to residential unit right sure okay yeah I'm um, good on you little girl kind of vibe and she was like he was like I don't even know who you are and she said oh you will know who I am as she rocked up to the viewing in this stunning red dress so that she made an impression right and the guy was like oh and then she she said oh you should follow me on social media and then what he did was he started following her on social media and he saw her at networking events leading you know uh, the property sisters uk with a youtube channel with an instagram of a following that's just insane with so many connected property investors right across the country and she's like yeah you, you're gonna remember who i am so now she's like every time i see that guy it's the red dress it was her red dress moment so yeah that's what everyone needs to do stand up with confidence and say yes this is what i'm doing and I think that's why the other side of the work that we do in terms of coaching people is so important so that they have that inner confidence to go, yeah, this is me. This is what I'm doing. And I believe in it. And so should you. Yeah. You know, we're in what, to, to 2021? Because yeah, last year it doesn't count, does it? We erased it. We erased last year. I'm not sure what happened. Well. Yeah. It's true. It's about time people like just got to realise that women and men were all human beings. Yeah. The thing I really don't like is how women are then sexualized through either what you're wearing or oh you look great. I don't care whether you think I look great or not. I want to mm. talk to you about the business. Yeah. So it's irrelevant. Like I, I've posted a lot of stuff obviously I'm all over social media and people will comment on how nice my hair is I know we've spoken about hair <laughs> it's the first thing I, I am precious about my hair and I do appreciate the compliments don't get me wrong yeah. and it's lovely to, to hear that but when the post is about business yeah, yeah. I want to talk about that I don't want to talk about what I look like yeah 
not in that context in another yeah. context I might want to talk about other things yeah definitely it's the go-to isn't it with a woman like if a guy posted uh you know the same content the audience is not going to turn around and say do you know what your suit was cracking you know, or like, I really loved your hair when you did that Facebook Live. Like, it just doesn't happen. But as soon as it's a woman, the need or the temptation to comment on the aesthetic is often at the forefront as opposed to the message. And, you know, I suppose in a way, women, well, you know, maybe we fell into that trap when we first started this, this recording because one of the first things I said was you look amazing. But then there's also an empowerment message that's somewhere in the back of there as well because, you know, we have to big each other up as women. Um, and, you know, Linking on from that, and I think this is where the line, the line lies, right? This is where it's drawn. How I look directly translates to how I feel, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Or vice versa. Yeah. So I know that I'm going to feel my most confident when I'm looking a certain way right like you know my hair is on point my makeup's in place or whatever you know it doesn't have to be but I just know that's when I perform that my best. Things, 100% and it all comes from you but that that's me right and I I want to observe that and I want to feel that and I want to connect to that but I don't want you to comment on that do you know what I mean like as as the only value that I'm offering Right. I want you to acknowledge it. I want you to appreciate it because I think how you come across and how you present yourself is essential. It's what I coach people in. But don't make it the focus. Don't make it the first thing that's commented. It's absolutely not. not. Definitely not. But the better you feel and look in yourself, the more confident you're going to come across. So Mm. do dress up, do dress your best so that you feel better, so that you speak better, so that you have more confidence. But for people to use that as a like entry point yeah and I've had that before and I'm like I'm here to, to talk business I don't really I'm not here to talk about sex I'll talk about that with you later you know yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's a shame that it's all often the first sort of go-to and I don't know about you but Facebook in particular I mean less Instagram but Facebook, I'll post something, right? And it'll be like, I don't know, I did a whole series recently on routine and my daily routine. And in in that, there was a shot of me in my gym kit, right? Listen, the unsolicited, like, stuff that came through. Unbelievable, isn't it? Absolutely unbelievable. The amount of, my blocked list, is longer than my friends list. <laughs> Stop him. <laughs> it's a thing, isn't it? It's, it's just a thing. Post I did. So I had someone on Instagram send me a message. I don't set, um, check my message requests very often. Yeah. And this guy sent me a video of him wanking over my face on an iPad. I remember this. You were really upset by this, weren't and you? I was like, what the fuck? I was like, what is wrong with you? Like, yeah. who does that? Yeah. Who does that? And then it was somebody that said to me, that's that's actual sexual abuse. Yeah. I didn't think about it like that at that time. And it's like, how many people out there are doing things like that? And I think it's the things like that that happen that hold women back from talking about sex, from wanting to talk about sex, from wanting to be confident in them, in their self, in their body. 
because they're worried about getting comments like that or things like that happening yeah and it's really hard isn't it because you want to present yourself so for me and I don't know if you find this and I, I think we connect in this way a lot from conversations that we have but also just a general vibe and energy that um I think we have together it's like there is an inherent confidence that comes from owning your own sexuality your own sensuality um both of us are very you know physically aware I mean god it's so much of who you are and what you do right it's just you know your body and your craft and you know your fitness and the industry that you're in so for me when I post a picture I know it looks sexy right that's not an unintentional thing. There is a, you know, I look good and I feel good. But my message isn't to objectify myself or say, or to sexualize myself. My message is to say, I want this for you. I feel good. I look good. I'm putting energy and resource and time and investment into me as an individual. And I know that that comes across in confidence. So if that means I am putting effort into my body and I want to show it off, I'm going to do it. But again, I want that to be respected, not objectified. And that's a really fine line to cross because the other people that that you are just sexualizing yourself. And I get that. But it's, and that's what puts women off. They don't want those comments, but they should be able to post a picture that they feel good about or that they think they look great in and not think that they're going to be sexually objectified because I'm not being funny, but everyone has sex. Everyone enjoys sex, but you don't need to be put in that position from posting a picture where you look good. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. So something I've been thinking about is like, how do we change that mentality of don't objectify me, appreciate me? I suppose you can't change the world. You know, you can only... You can only deal with the the traffic that you know goes through. I guess your <laughs> your Facebook or your Instagram. So, for me, awareness is a really big thing. So I don't know about you, right? I use the the comparison of LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn, and the amount of cold marketing you get on your direct messages, where someone's just connected with you, and they feel like the the way to generate business or to actually secure your interest is to just from the get tell you what they do and sell a product message one i'm like what yeah, what, yeah, what are you doing you, like what are you doing don't send me what a link you send me a, you know just like talk to me ask me about you know why have we connected let's get into a conversation i you know say something about what you've observed about my page and you know what i do for a profession and why does that interest you let's have a conversation the same is true of Facebook, right? So somebody would just reach out to you and the, you know, they're either, their whole objective, the guy's agenda when they reach out to you is sex. <laughs> I have and you're like, instantly message and say, oh, um, can we just message and be friends? It's like, mm. you want to be friends? <laughs> it's like, and, and then you look on their, their profile and, you know, they've highlighted quite clearly their relationship status, which is single. And you're like, OK, so I've just posted something about the importance of, I don't know, routine and making your bed in the morning. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and what that does psychologically for yourself to respect yourself, to, you know, um, 
create a, a serene space today as well isn't it a hundred percent it's achievement from the moment you get up and it's routine it's an anchor point right and I, I really really endorse that and then you know the next picture will be you know me sort of owning it doing an online workout you know my gym kit there's no respect for what I've spoken about from that particular individual or individuals but they will feel like they have some form of entitlement permission to comment on your physical appearance by sending a flame or a looking good sexy and I'm like wow <laughs> you know did you did you hear the message like did you did you hear that it was about my health and fitness and how that should be inspiring you to build that into a daily routine where health is a focus is that is that what you got or are you just feeling the need so they're looking at the picture and, and not yeah. seeing the message behind it and yeah. in the same way with me the message behind the fitness the health is the discipline with that if you've got that for your own body you can apply that to your business health is well yeah. You only have one body. If you don't look after it, no one else is going to look after it. That's and right. I'll post pictures of myself half naked in a bikini from my photo shoot, and there'll yeah. be, you know, many more of them to come. But if people aren't reading what you're writing with it, yeah, and those people are just commenting shit like that, bye, Felicia. A hundred percent. And I think the way to handle it. So where I was going with the LinkedIn message was like, now what I do when someone cold messages me, um, I say, do you think this is the way to do business? Question mark. Do you ever get a response? Yeah. Not all the time. But when I say, do you think honestly, do you honestly think this is the way you, you do business? Or I'll start something depending if I'm a shitty mood, it's not as it's not as uh, diplomatic as that. It'll be something along the lines of, you know, really? You think this is gonna work? Or like, or just be like, babe, this is not the way to do business. It's a bit like, you know, like it's just whatever. But then you get so one I just broke a contact me on LinkedIn and he was telling me all about his, you know, his wares or whatever. And it was so hard sell. And I was like, geez. And I just said to him, really, do you think this is going to work? Because I wouldn't use you in a million years on the back of this message. And we got into this full on discussion. Right. And I was like, and he was like, do you know what? I really understand that. He goes, please don't write me off. Please, please don't write me off as a mortgage broker. Would you still consider me in the future, even though I know I've gone about it the right way? And actually, this is not my usual MO. I just happened to do it because I saw your profile and it really interested me and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, chill out. (laughs) Don't learn something, pal. (laughs) <laughs> but by doing that right by tripping someone up you all you're doing is causing them to take pause and if that's all you if that's all you can do then fine I mean blocking somebody we live in a world of you know consumer culture where you can pick and choose what you do and I think blocking somebody is just par for the course actually calling them out on it in a private situation like a direct message and just say really why do you do this you know where why did you feel that was okay right who taught them that have you ever gone back and just gone well this is what I do here's my link do you want to come work with me I mean not in many years I mean can you imagine like I just nah do you know I was watching in preparation for this because you know I find this topic fascinating I rewatched your episode that you did with Fidel Bohill, right? And he was talking about the, or you guys were talking about the unsolicited, unsolicited dick pic, 
right? The guys, just somebody told them that that was a good idea. And in that content, the conversation moved to throwing off mud at a wall, something will stick, right? And I think there is something often in that, that, you know, for all the no's, someone might say yes. And that's that's scary, right? So I think... You know. Then that makes me wonder about the people that then say yes, and are they then lacking in confidence because they've then got that and they're saying yes to that because they think that's all they deserve? Mm. So maybe we need to teach women that they deserve more. Yeah, and I think that's where we have a responsibility as you know women generally, as coaches professionally, as friends. Um, and family members to empower women to just be really clear on boundaries. I mean, there's so much stuff in the media at the moment, you know, with the the, the whole Sarah Everin thing, you know, thing, I mean, murder, you know, it's just awful. And women, women's safety and, you know, like, it's a thing. It's still not, you're still not safe. And there's still no equality, is there? No. It's like women talk about sex and you're a slag. Men talk about it and they're like the dog. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I can listen. I I can I can relate to this topic a lot because, you know, I I separated from my partner last year. And so I find myself single for the first time in like 14 years. And so the online dating world, you know, whilst there's a pandemic going on, which is, you know, it's just been interesting in and of itself right (laughs) um and boundaries and consent and what's expected and what men say and how they behave has been an absolute eye-opener I think I'm very I'm not a shock I don't get shocked you know I'm pretty unshockable Mm -hmm. and I wouldn't say that I'm shocked I think I've just had to really learn how to handle it because oh dear lord what a minefield I keep describing like the dating app world as a jungle they don't know how to communicate no people need to learn how to communicate properly and have an actual conversation because it's not just about meeting up having sex see you later I mean sometimes that's all you want but if you want more you need to learn how to communicate with each other and that's the that's the missing part and I fear that all of this lockdown and all of this separation and isolation has forced people to forget how to communicate properly Mm. even online it's that like one-liner it's do you want to have a conversation you're asking me a question I answer and that's it what 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 do you want Mm. Yeah, because even if it's a, let's just say, a mutually beneficial transactional situation, which it can be, and that's yep. fine, even if it is that, kind of talk about that. Like, it's cool to kind of say that that's what it is. And, yeah, I think for me, I've just realised that generally the online culture just makes sex, um, boundaries, consent, difficult conversations um expectations certainly from the male side um it's a completely different landscape um and I'll tell you one thing like I think the porn industry has really had a huge influence on what men now perceive 
perceive as I, I guess sexual currency mm-hmm. which you know? is not normal no but or it's everyone's got their kinks right that's that's fine and that's you cool know, right fine but you can't look at porn and think well that's what everybody enjoys because everybody enjoys different things and this is what i mean about communicating yeah see you're saying about the, the online dating world i've never done that <laughs> don't never <laughs> <laughs> so that fascinates me where you're saying the you know the expectations and, and things like that what's what's been the i suppose the best thing to come from that I suppose over lockdown, it's just, you know, actually when I can pinpoint two people that I've had genuine communication with, like genuine, well, three, actually three, three people that I've had genuine communication with. And that's, you know, in that app environment where you've actually held a conversation where it lasts um, and they genuine and they're not seeking what I would call a serious relationship. But what they're doing is they're making the effort to connect to you in the event it goes somewhere else, wherever it goes. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that connection has been lovely. And that, in a way, has restored my faith in, you know, a, a lot of guys out there. Because at one point I remember when I fe- well, OK, when I first went on the app, I swear to God, I, I was so green, Natalie. Do you know what I was doing? I was like, oh, he looks like a nice person. And I'd swipe right. And, you know, I didn't realise that if a guy's got a picture of his torso, that that sort of indicates that he's out for one thing. And I was like, and then they'd be like, where are you? I want to fuck you. I want to do this. I can come round. We can do this. We can do that. And I'm like, whoa. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on a minute, Val. Just just a minute. Um, And then you're like, oh, okay. And then you're like boundaries. And then, you know, the whole kind of jumping in. What do you like? What, what don't you like? Are you up for anal? Are you this? And you're like, I, I just... to be fair, to be fair, actually, I think having that kind of conversation is very important, but not from the offset. Not if that's the first thing you're talking about. <laughs> and it's like, oh, okay. And I'm not a prude, but like, oh, can we just kind of like, oh, hey, how's it going? How's your... <laughs> can we just ease into it? We just ease into the chat. So yeah, I think you're right. It's communication. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> Uh-huh. But I think that's the worst part of it. I think for me, that's the worst part of it is how I think sex is an incredible thing. And I don't think dating apps, you know, need to just be about finding the one or, you know, the long lasting relationship. If it is going to be transactional, if it is a hookup, it, what a great functional way to, 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 to kind of like facilitate that. But what I don't like is how say the porn industry and social media have suddenly changed what's normal and expected of women because the amount of references to anal sex from the jump is staggering like it is staggering and it's like right where does this obsession come from it's well it's porn i can tell you it's porn because the whole ass movement you know, the Kardashians, the, you know, the this whole kind of, you know, the bigger the bum, the better. And then the porn industry compounding that with normalizing anal sex. Now, I'm not saying anal sex is bad. And this is a very heteronormative conversation that I'm having. having. But what I'm saying is the expectation for that to be 
a sexual norm for women means we instantly have to put a barrier or feel shame if it's something that we don't want to do or we're not cool with it and you're having to have those conversations from the jump with a complete stranger and I'm like when did the world become like this right it shouldn't be like that at all. It shouldn't be like that. And so when you find somebody and have a conversation with somebody who where that's not the, the primary consideration or that's not the default expectation where based on what you answer to that question is whether you get kept or, or scrapped off, you know, I it's a jungle. It's a jungle. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't like it. You know, for me, people, you know, face to face and that's a question they ask. It's like, um, Fuck's that got to do with you, for one thing. <laughs> we were just talking about whether I like cats or dogs and now we're on anal. Like, how did that happen? <laughs> but you're right. It does seem to be like that expectation where it is something normal now. And, you know, for a lot of women, in fact, most women, they don't like it. No. And the women in porn that do it, they do it because it's extra money. And the thing is, with anal sex, you know, it's... I've, I've spoken to so many gay friends about this and they're like okay we do it because we've got no choice right <laughs> that's the default right and I'm like well yeah, yeah. Like, why is this suddenly the trend in you know a heteronormative relationship like why why is that when there's actually the 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 bit that's supposed to happen right why is the preference suddenly for like the the alternative when and I think this is where the inequality exists the same expectation is not true of a guy so I even going back to that episode with Fidel he was like as long as you don't hit me in the face stick a cork up my ass or whatever he said it's cool right and he's totally he can say that and girls go oh no (laughs) like totally fine like anal play not my thing it's fine we can just go you know vanilla if you want to we say that there's a risk that why you is it, why is it vanilla if you don't want anal? It's not. Well, this is what's happened. Things that don't involve that. But this is what's happened. You know, it's become a, oh, well, if you don't, you know. And I just think, listen, I'm 39 years old, right? I can handle that. If I don't want to do that, I'm not going to do it. And if I if I was going to do it, I'm doing it because I want to and you I'm comfortable it, with yeah. it, right? There's and a there's lot of younger women. The youngest. What do you do when you're 22, right? You've probably had maybe one one relationship and, multi, you know, a few encounters. You know, you're still at the start of your kind of sexual discovery, your sexual awakening. And you get in the normative dialogue coming from a guy saying, oh, you know, let's do anal. And you're like, why? Why? Or, or do I have to in order to get your permission? It's the thing. It's It's the same trap that women are falling into with like sexting and, you know, all of that stuff, you know, where suddenly that image is made available online and it becomes all around consent you know and what you feel pressure to do as a woman and so I wasn't I really wasn't expecting that to be such a thing and having to be so clear on who I am and what my boundaries are and what I want and you know I'm doing that with a mature 39 year old head on my shoulder has that helped you to understand yourself better though yeah Oh my God, Natalie, this year, especially, you know, that part of me. And this is what I wanted to talk to you about because when this year has been, or I, I when I say this year, I mean from like, I guess, 
summer 2020 right to now has been an awakening for me in terms of my identity as a businesswoman, my identity as a daughter, my identity as a, um, a sister, my identity as a friend, but my identity as a sexual person. Like I've had the opportunity to really think about how important sex is to me as an individual and mm-hmm. say it without any shame attached to it. And there shouldn't be. But I think that's a really, really important message to, to let people know there shouldn't be any shame attached to it. But there is. Because, you know, it is your body. You should enjoy your body. You should enjoy sex. It's one, it's probably the strongest desire we have as human beings. Definitely. Definitely. So why is it we don't talk about it? What, no, why, sorry, correction. Okay, so here's a here's an example, right? I was talking to a guy actually earlier on, right? The guy on Tinder, right? Funny as fuck, so funny. Good chat, right? But what I like about this guy is he's very honest about sex, right? So I will connect to that because I like to understand what their whole view on that is because I think as men and women, we should talk about these topics. And he was saying that when he was a teenager, he would, you know, wank heaps and whatever. And that, you know, that was just part of growing up and blah, 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 this and that. And he would always talk about it with his mates. And I was all like, never had that privilege. Could never, I was a very sexual teenager, very, wanked a lot, right? I mean, I'm very aware on Facebook Live and that's personal disclosure, but (laughs) for me, you know, my sexual awakening was very apparent hormonally and I would, you know, as girls, we're at it as well, right? Did you talk about it with your friends? Because I didn't. I did actually. Oh, did you? Listen, my crowd, never, not in a million years, because if you did, I felt like a complete alien or slutty. See, we so had these different, I had these different groups of friends and there was like one group of friends where one night we'd go out and I hope my mum's not listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> we'd go out and we'd, we'd see how many boys we could kiss between us. Right. Um, it was like literally just that. So we'd like we'd be out in a club. We'd be I don't know sixteen. How many boys could we just kiss? And I think there was one night we got up to like forty between six of us or something ridiculous. Pretty solid work. <laughs> like that's all it was. But we would talk about it, and we would talk about the things that had happened, and who with, and why, and and all sorts of things like that. I've yeah, I've always spoken about it with my friends. Maybe it's the group of friends, because I think when I, okay, so when I lost my virginity, I could not believe how amazing sex was. I was, you know, when someone goes, you're like, oh, 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 wow. I need this in my life every day. Right? And I wanted to tell all of my friends about it who hadn't had sex yet. I'm like, girls, you, you need to get on this. Like, seriously, it's amazing. And I just felt like a very lonely voice because no, no, which is, and I think this is another reason why I feel like I can, part of my identity is being so comfortable with my sexuality 
And I am so much more able to have conversations about sex with my gay friends and with my male friends because it's always been almost standard as part of their their parlance, you know, their 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 day-to-day dialogue. Whereas often with my female friends, it's not so much. I mean, we might get into it if we've had a couple of cheeky bevies, you know, on a Friday night, we had a bit of a girly night. But there's only so far you can take it, right? Before it starts to get a little bit like, mm, you know. <laughs> Very, yeah. very maybe that's why I don't have any female friends <laughs> I mean I, although I actually have more recently since I got into property and I've spoken to more women and connected with more women yeah. and this sort of connection because I understand myself better we're able yeah. to have conversations like this and put it out there live to the world to help other women understand that you shouldn't be ashamed about what you like and what you don't like and tell the guy if you want to do something or if you don't want to do something guide them guide them yeah no and also know yourself you know be okay with exploring yourself be okay with looking at your bits you know and understanding the chemistry of it the biology of it how it works in the mirror do it on your own on your own yeah. On your own, seriously. Someone said to me once, you do that? I went, yeah, I'm hot. <laughs> right? Yeah. And, I, you know, to say that to certain friends and, you know, ah, it, it just feels like a bit of a lonely conversation. Whereas if I said that to a gay friend, they'd be like, oh, God, yeah. Like, you know, and what I love about my gay friends is the dialogue around sex, the conversation around sex is so open and free. You know, like their kinks their sexual preferences their funny experiences Mm -hmm. and when I'm in that environment I can talk about mine openly but if I tried and applied the same logic listen I mean it's but it's rare with women it is rare I would say um it, it it is rare it's because there's been a lot of like throughout history shame in that you know, women are there to bear children. Yeah. Men can do what they want. The women are there to be subservient to men. Whereas times have changed. Women are in business now. Women are taking over. Women are leading their own lives and not needing or relying on men in that from that perspective. So you should be able to be open and talk about anything that you want to talk about. Without a doubt. And you know what? Oh my God, right? Have you ever, and I think we talked about this a little bit when you come on in Property Jam. Have you ever read Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill? Right. Now, listen, that book was fascinating. You know, it was, I I enjoyed it. It was written, what, 1937? Yeah, very long time ago. Long time, right? You know, and I, my memory of it was something about masterminding and like, you know, blah, 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 blah. The chapter the chapter that stuck out in my head and made me go was the one where he talked about sex transmutation and I'm like okay I need to because I connected to that chapter more than any I'm like this is a dude right in 1937 who understood and connected the dots between wealth success and sex and I'm like I've been thinking this and feeling this for ages. I've always felt like a complete alien. Like I love sex. I love talking about sex. I love talking about money. I love it. And for me, they're very connected, right? Success, money, 
It's just like you have happiness, right? Sex makes you happy. The more sex you have, the happier you are, the more money you make. A hundred percent, you know. And we're not saying monetize sex, people, just putting that out there. No. You know, but if you do that, good on you. That's all right. That's cool. No judgment. But if that's what you want to do, go and do it. But that's not what we're you know, saying. You know, I went back earlier, right? Again, I've been preparing for this this, this episode because I've had it literally set off a like a, a hair in my head. And I was like, there is so much I want to talk to uh, talk to you about this because women, business, sex, which is the topic of this podcast, is inherent. Mm-hmm. That you you can't deny the two. So obviously I teach property, right? I teach you professionally. My sexual self-awareness and my ownership of my sexuality and my sensuality and my body, and it translates into my confidence when I teach, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Totally I've, been known, I've been known to get turned on when I teach because I feel so confident and the two are linked, right? So when I was, I, I went back and I listened to that chapter. Now, if anyone's watching here, if you want to listen to, if you want to read or, you know, listen to the audio book of Think and Grow Rich, get amongst it. But the, the topic I would draw your attention to is the 20 minute chapter on sex transmutation. I took notes, Natalie. I went hard earlier, right? So get this, right? Listen. He talks about how the successful individual understands the emotional side of sex, whereas the average person who just, you know, lives what you would call, I guess, an average life, you know, nine to five job, blah, blah, blah. They understand the physical aspect of sex, right? So he's saying, he said sex is does three things right it's the perpetuation of mankind meaning you know procreation he says it's the maintenance of health meaning he said there is no comparable therapeutic agency than sex there is do you know what do you know the worst excuse what not having sex what i have a headache do you know the best way to get rid of a headache sex Sex. yeah a hundred percent because of the hormones you release because of the hormones that you release and and it just that feel good you know the the oxytocin the dopamine the endorphins it's you know it's amazing and he also talks about this transformation of mediocrity into genius he says when you have that pent-up sexual energy and you transmute that into or you harness it into something like your entrepreneurial endeavors your business for example mm-hmm you will go far and then he draws on references and figures from history like Thomas Jefferson um Abraham Lincoln who had incredibly high sex drives because it was documented Napoleon um you know their sexual driver was often their spouse um and how those people are the ambassadors and the game changers in the world of the arts and literature and um architecture and business you know they're the ones that have changed or edison another one you know like and it's because um, they own it because they own but because it's part of who they are so what they're doing and he says they've learned the craft of understanding their sexual nature and how they've transmuted it into their professional pursuits and that is what makes them successful and then 
I mean, I went back and I listened. To, I remember listening to this for the first time and thinking, oh, God, that's how I feel. I feel different from so many of my friends and with the life choices that I've made because that drive in me is so strong. Mm-hmm. And being able to say confidently as a woman that I have a high sex drive and that directly translates to my my life choices, my business, my success, my appetite, my competitiveness, my my everything. I'm feeling okay about saying that without shame. Mm-hmm. Good, yeah. as as you should. I feel the same with the same as that with business, but as well as with my fitness as well. Mm. It's it's linked. Linked. It's all linked. It's all. It all goes together. And the more I train, the more sexual I feel. The more yeah. I want to do in business. It's, it is, right. it's all. It's all linked. It's, it is. It's the hormones. It's the, it's the bit behind it that people forget about, and the emotional side, that bit in your head that you've got that drive that you want that because you've got that passion. Yeah, you can put that passion into your business and go and do more with it. Oh my god, passion is my favorite word in the English language. Right, it's my favorite word because. I think it embodies so much of who we are as human beings. And I include sex in that and I include business in that and being a woman, you know, like it's everything. And I think some of the things that um, I coach people in is when, and this is men and women as well, because men get to a certain point, as do women. It's not even a gender thing, to be fair, where they, they disconnect. Mm-hmm. they disconnect from their sexual identity and that might be because you've got kids and it's the last thing on your mind right or it might be just because you, you know middle-aged spread set in and you've just kind of like you know you've you've become disconnected from your body whatever it is right or or like you've been married for 20 plus years and you know it's just not as high on the agenda as it was in in the start but that reconnection that process of saying oh no when you when you reconnect to yourself sexually, the ripple effect that that has into every area of your life is quite unbelievable. How you feel in your clothes, what you choose to wear, how you own your body, how you conduct yourself, you walk, what language you use, the way you walk, your posture, right? Mm-hmm. All of that is linked to your sexual confidence. Now, that's cool when you're a guy. But when you're a woman and you talk about that, ah, it's a different reception. <laughs> but we are changing that. We are. We are this changing conversation, that. Changing this that, conversation you know? is changing that. We're yeah. going to make sure this goes out everywhere in the world. We are currently <laughs> in 51 countries. So. Oh, wow. Amazing. <laughs> Hello, 51 countries. <laughs> and it's, it's, it is. It's just about letting women know to connect with themselves fully mentally emotionally sexually and to to own it own that sexuality and who you are and then let it transmute into other areas of your life 100 percent. and it also goes back to what we were saying earlier natalie we're like when you own your own sexuality and your own sensuality you create barriers and you no, that's not the right word you create rules around what's acceptable and what's not And the thing is, if it is something that you continually ignore or deprioritize, you don't invest the time to figure out what's okay and what's not. Mm -hmm. So when the situation where your personal boundaries are challenged presents itself, you don't know 
you're not prepared to handle that situation. And that might even be within your business. That might be within your marriage. Right? Yeah, within anything. So it within is it's, le- it's learning that, understanding that, knowing and knowing that. Yeah. So have more sex. That's the message, right? (laughs) And be okay with it, especially you know. Talk about it with your friends. If it was a great experience, tell them. If it was shit, tell them. And if it's yeah, I don't think there's anything such as bad sex. I think there's a thing as a disconnect. Yeah, I like you're just not connected right with that person, or you're not guiding each other the right way. Like there's just something that doesn't connect with you. So that's the wrong person to be having sex with so you say bye-bye find the next one yeah respectfully thank you yes (laughs) don't don't have a queue of people at the door (laughs) don't do that no (laughs) and it's um it's about respecting yourself but also having the confidence to say yeah I want this Mm. This needs to be a part of my life. Like it makes me feel good. Why am I gonna like? Why are you gonna not want that in your life? That's something that makes you feel good. And again, I go back to that episode that you did with Fidel. One of the lovely things I loved about what he asked was like, what he he said that before he gets into it, he asks the individual, "What don't you like?" And that's a great place to start because it's all about you know it, what that does is it removes the expectation from the other person's side. So. If the guy's like, oh my God, my, you know, my fantasy is anal sex, you know, or, or double penetration on porn, right? Because that, again, seems to be a thing, right? Yeah. And then, yeah. right? The gangbang, like, that's totally cool. Like, that's totally norm. Like, let's have a threesome. Like, that is just standard. For, that's another thing. Guys say, oh, would you be up for a threesome? Or have you had a threesome? And you're like, oh God, if I say no, I'm not cool. <laughs> or if I say yes, I sound like a slag. And you're like, oh, God, like, that's the right answer. <laughs> to say here. So then you just tell a joke and hope you know you don't have to answer it. But, but what I like is, and I think this happens with the more you know yourself sexually, and the older you get, because I think it, the two go hand in hand, you're more empowered to say what you like and what you don't like. And the don't like thing can set the parameters very early on. And unless you do that, you are leaving yourself open to being taken advantage of or seeking validation through consenting to something that actually you genuinely do not feel comfortable with and do not like. And that's not cool. Women do this a lot. Men tend not to, you know, I'm not going to say to a guy, Oh, Hey, I'm into like pegging, right? I'm into pegging. Um, are you like, should we just do it? Like, let's yeah, just go for it. Because right? if you don't do it, you're not cool. Exactly. I'm never going to, like, oh, you're dismissed because, you know, this is what I'm into. I just wouldn't do that. But on the other side, women will consent to things that have become normative because they want to be accepted and they want to be intimate with that person. No, not cool. No, so they know yourself. People. That's right. Know have yourself. Have you like. with the people to find out whether you're connected and have that conversation before you even get to the bedroom. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Or, listen, some people may not feel empowered to do that, but if it gets to that situation and you're actually in the throes of the the session, let's say, and they try something without your consent or just 
assume that that's where it's logically going to go. Feel empowered in the moment to say, that does not work for me. This is a no from me, right? Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. Hard. It's really hard. And I'm like I say, I'm saying that as like a 39-year-old woman. I can't even imagine if I was in this situation now without a bit of life experience and wisdom behind me going out into the wider world with all the pressures of social media the porn industry I think it's very different now though to like when we were 18 or whatever because of the internet because the porn industry of social media and all of that you know Mm -hmm. there's so much temptation at your fingertips that if someone that says no then you'll go ah fuck you I'll find someone else and this is the thing we think that saying no in some way denies us some form of privilege or, or opportunity or we're going to lose that guy if we don't say yes. And but they're not they're not right for you. They're not right for you. There and are you know, billions of people in the world. Listen, that's it, you know. And I don't know, like I felt <laughs> I think so much of being a woman is connecting who you to who you are sexually, you know, and you have to explore that. And listen, you can do that with one person. Yeah, and that 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 is there's no right or wrong. But the freedom that we are entitled to as women to do that with multiple people should not be something that we feel shame about. Um, and unfortunately it still is, you know, it really is. Um yeah. I think that will change in time. It I agree. It it has become different and it will change in time. It's just one of those things that it, it will be, you know, there are more women in business now. There are more women that are not having kids now or until later on. You know, it's just, it's going to be something that happens eventually. Absolutely. So. But I, I think people should prioritise. You know how people prioritise going to the gym? Yeah. Or getting on the diet or, um, you know, even, I don't know, what we're told we should focus on. There is never any focus given to knowing yourself sexually. It's not taught in school. So my best mate, oh my gosh, so funny, right? Her, so my goddaughter, she's 11 years old and um, she's going through sex education at high school for the first time. Anyway, I was chatting to my friend earlier and, you know, let's just say boys have suddenly come on the radar, okay? Yeah. And so and like me and me and Zoe are just like, Jesus Christ, like, she's asking all these questions. And I'm like, bring it on. She's talked to Auntie Jo, like, that positive reinforcement, you know, sex positive messages, let's do it, sort of thing. Anyway, she ended up hurting her ankle at school today and Zoe's ended up taking her up to A&E and she's sat in A&E in this heaving waiting room, people everywhere, and Freya happened to have had a uh, sex education lesson that day <laughs> she said in the middle she said in the middle of A&E mummy why do boys willies go hard <laughs> right in the middle of A&E <laughs> <laughs> so, Zoe now Zoe is probably one of the most emotionally intelligent people I've ever met in my life she's literally spat out a coke and just gone holy shit how do I handle this situation but at the same time without shaming her for ask, asking what is such an important question, right? And so I was like, how did you handle it? She's like, great question. She said, I, I literally said, darling, fantastic question. Like, really good question. Let's talk about it later. But I really want to talk about it with you in detail because I need you to understand. And she was like, okay, cool, no worries. So, it, I mean, that for me is the right way to handle it. You're acknowledging the, and you're giving her the, uh, the freedom 
and yeah. the space to ask a question about sex without shaming her, but also going, also happen to be in a waiting oh, room like 30 people. <laughs> <laughs> like McDonald's advert, and uh, do you remember that McDonald's advert years ago? And the little girl was talking to her dad, and she goes, "And later, you can tell me all about it." That is that. I'm gonna have to find that um, that advert somewhere and post it. <laughs> um, it's so funny. Yeah, it's yeah. so funny. But I mean, you know, things like I was thinking about this. Yeah, that do you know? And this is another thing, right? sex and your parents okay <laughs> as a woman you know the, the dad could be really proud of the son because you know he's like oh conquest teenager you know spread your wild oats son and all the rest of it and then we do not experience that so my mum very traditional country girl from New Zealand you know when I started to become sexually active with my first serious boyfriend she the shame you know, I felt attached to it because, you know, she projected that onto me, meant that I could never have that conversation with my mom. However, I always knew that I could have that conversation with my dad. There was a safety attached to it. But because I was a girl, there was that societal barrier that meant I couldn't talk to my dad about sex because I'm a girl and he's a boy, you know, like. And I know that, you know, girls don't necessarily want to talk about sex with their dad. But what I always felt was, OK, if I had gone through, say, a teenage pregnancy, it wasn't my mom that I was going to tell. It was my dad because he had a far more acceptance. And I guess, you know, there was less shame attached to sexual behavior because of, you know, his past and <laughs> all things that he got. More acceptable for, which is ridiculous when you think about it, because... How are you supposed to procreate with both parties have not having? You know what I mean? And I know, I know that's obviously the main purpose, but that's not the only purpose. You should do it for enjoyment. I like agree. What, and what, I think, what, what are your hobbies? Football, sex, and the gym, right? And but but this is the problem because from 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 the jump, right? And this is what I was talking to my best mate about. We've had several conversations about this. When it comes to dads and daughters, this whole need to, oh, if any boyfriend, you know, turns up, I'm going to vet him. He's, you know, because the whole thing is you're going to penetrate my daughter. And there's some like gatekeeping activity going on there that basically means you can't penetrate my daughter. But then the son sticking his sword wherever he wants to is totally acceptable behavior. And if we are perpetuating that message, it is to just so unhealthy because it means that conversations can't happen. But, you know, positive reinforcement of, you know, promiscuity amongst boys is normalized but it's completely you know shamed in girls and it's like shouldn't happen shouldn't happen we need to change this. we're gonna change this we need to change oh, the world I swear to god honestly natalie i could i feel like i feel like we could probably talk to like 5 a.m on this topic it's just so huge but it really yeah. is so if you can leave people with because we have been going for like an hour. Um, <laughs> but it is really important. And I think um, if anybody watching this live has got any comments, please do comment. Um, I can't actually see at the moment because we're on Zoom. Um, but if you're listening on the podcast as well, please feel free to email us at info at goldstar.life if you have any questions around this. But Joe, if you could leave us with a, or maybe three top tips for women in their sexual confidence, what would they be? Oh, God. Right. Oh, three. OK. Um, yeah, three. <laughs> know, know yourself. Right. Yep. Know yourself. Take the time to explore yourself. Right. Uh, the second thing is accept your sexuality. 
whatever it is, whatever your dark side is, whatever your kinks are, whatever your conventional side is, right? And through that, know your boundaries, right? Know your boundaries and own your boundaries and own your sexuality and apply the confidence that comes from that self-exploration and that knowledge and that acceptance and apply it to every element of your life. Perfect. I think that's a perfect ending. So where can we follow you and find you? Only online. I do not agree with offline stalking, only online stalking. (laughs) So not Tinder, just putting it out there. All right. (laughs) First and foremost. So um, I'm on all the socials. So you can find me at Joe Lightfoot Official on LinkedIn, on Instagram and on Facebook. So we'll put all of those links in the show notes as well. Amazing. Thank you very, very much for joining me on the Confidence Master Unlock Your Life podcast. I've absolutely loved this conversation and we could probably talk for another five hours on it. <laughs> I know, right? I know. <laughs> I don't know if people would listen to the whole thing or not. Maybe they would. Maybe we should do a part two. So what I'll okay. do, we'll get, we'll get some feedback. And maybe in a couple of months we'll do a part two and Definitely. see how many... Maybe- yeah, I was going to say, like, we're just building the feedback, the questions that came up, because I'm sure yeah. it's provoked some thoughts and questions from people. So I hope that anybody listening who does have any comments or questions does get in touch. Thank you very much for listening. I'm going to turn off Facebook Live now. Thank you very much for watching. If you're watching on the replay, please comment and tell us that you were here. Otherwise, bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with people you think it will help. And stay tuned and subscribe for weekly episodes. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube by searching for Natalie Arabella Bailey. And join the Better Together for confidence and mindset Facebook community to improve your confidence, network, and life.